Hello and welcome to Project U. I'm your host, Leighton Collins. Uh, so as always, this podcast is about three things. We're about thinking about careers in the widest sense. We're sometimes thinking about job sectors and that'll be relevant to the job sector that you're involved in or passionate about. But most importantly, we're thinking about you. The clue is in the name. Uh, there's always a two minute version that goes alongside these if you find yourself short on time. Um, very few jobs in life we will do alone. So this week we're going to look at one of the most important human traits, teamwork, the ability to work well with other people towards a common goal. So let's get into that. Teamwork makes the dream work. There's no I in team. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. So whether it's a cheesy quote or a kind of motivational poster in a call centre or something with a little bit more depth, we've heard all the messages before. There is power in numbers and together we can achieve much more than we can alone. If you think about this in the sense of what we as mankind, as humanity, has achieved, it's astounding. Um, so back in 1980, the world officially declared smallpox officially totally done eradicated. So this is a disease that is before most of our time now, isn't it? But a disease that had killed hundreds of millions of people for 3000 years. And those who didn't die, they really um, were impacted by um, the illness as they survived it could damage their eyesight and other things it killed at least one in three of those it infected and now it's gone you know there have been many many uh very clever people working on the solution working on the vaccine to get rid of smallpox and it's it's dealt with it's gone there are apparently um vaccines stockpiled in uh, the World Health Organization and so on and all the kind of literature and research that went with it in case it tries to rear its ugly head again. But we as humanity have got rid of a pretty deadly disease. We've left our planet and we've got people to literally walk on the moon. So there are apparently 12 people have set foot on the moon and a little walk about. That's pretty exciting. Um, at its height, NASA employed 400,000 people. So astronauts, mission control, the people who were very involved, the engineers, the scientists, the designers, but also the caterers and the nursing team and so on. And that's not even including the supporting industries. Any, any job role, any employer will have other people around and about who support the work that that industry does. And all of those people led to that achievement that we, as humanity, can stick a little tick in the box saying, left our home planet, yep, had a little walk on the moon. We take it for granted, we all go on uh, holidays and so on, we take it for granted that we can fly. But when you stop and think about it, that's pretty amazing. People can fly. And for centuries and centuries and thousands of, of years, People would have just been walking around on the floor and looking up at the birds. But now we can fly. Uh, so the Wright brothers back in 1903 made the first flight and aeroplanes have come so far since then. We feel much more uh, comfortable and safe when we're hopping on a plane to go on our holidays or our travels. 
So all of that achievement and innovation that's taken place over the last hundred and a bit years is built on top of what a couple of people did, but what many, many people will have done over the time working together. So just three examples. Humanity, by working together, it wasn't just one bloke who fixed smallpox and one lady who did the programming for the astronauts and one pair of brothers who, who learned how to fly. Many, many people will be involved. But think about that. As humanity, we've achieved some pretty sizable things. So compare that with more kind of personal achievements and you can think straight to an individual sports person. So let's leave football and cricket and rugby and all that sort of stuff. Individuals, Serena Williams in tennis, Muhammad Ali in boxing, Tiger Woods in golf, some of the most famous names in sport and some of the people who made it to the very top of their profession in individual sport. But even they will have had a team of people around them whilst they were working, whilst they were training to get to that pinnacle of their career. Coaches, nutritionists, physios, doctors and people working on the equipment they use. I know Muhammad Ali is an older example, but sports engineers, material scientists, finding that tennis kit that makes you just uh, run a little bit faster around the court, more aerodynamic the golf clubs being engineered to be lighter and stronger. You can see what I'm getting at. There are many supporting people around that individual excellence. So if you think about yourself for a minute, like what's your greatest solo achievement? And I'm not going to try and burst your bubble, so forgive me. But maybe it's something like learning something, learning a language. Well, who taught you? Did you just learn it out of nowhere? Or did you sit and read a book? Or did you get an app? Or did you have a language teacher? So there's always an element of somebody's working with you towards the goal that you have. What about a personal sporting achievement? Well, was it really done alone or much like Serena Williams and the others we've named? Was it actually done with the encouragement of that coach, that PE teacher, the people who um, kind of support you along the way? Now, you may have achieved a fabulous thing like a personal best time in that marathon or, you know, you've, you've done something like that. You've hit the best golf round you can but it will be on the shoulders of other people who've worked with you. What about something that you've built or maybe something creative? Well, where did the tools, the materials, the resources come from to make that easier? And what about the skills that you've developed and that you've been taught? So you didn't just accidentally um, pick up some mud and build a, a, a mud house. <laughs> you know, there will be input from others and there will be equipment that's made your job easier in that. What about um, your brain, your, your super clever, your uni degree, your master's, your PhD, that massive dissertation that you wrote, lots of your fresh ideas and your fresh interpretations, but still interpretations. There will have been citations and quotes that you've had to put through. You've referenced other people's thinking, even though you are now one of the clever people in amongst that. So forgive me, uh, none of us have really achieved things individually totally on our own that's usually standing on the shoulders of others or alongside others so it is a cliche and we've seen it a million times on a million corporate posters but teamwork does make the dream work it genuinely does and it's one of the traits that employers are really looking for and if you step out of that professional setting into your personal life it's one of those things that just helps you kind of rub alongside other people and get on well with people and connect with others and meet new people 
there's often a common goal, which might be a professional one of, you know, build something or achieve something or meet that deadline. It might be a personal one, like have a nice time or cook a nice meal or something like that. Have a laugh. You know, there's still a common goal that you and that group or team of people around you are pursuing. Think for a minute, what teams are you part of? Now, professionally at work, what's your role? Um, are you a, a team member? Are there other people in exactly the same role, those sideways peers, and you're one of, say, 10, whatever your job title is? Are you being led from above? Are there layers of management? Who's your direct line manager? Is it the owner of the company or is it someone in a kind of web of leadership and management and this bigger team? Where do you fit? Are you a leader? Are you a formal leader in a formal position, leading others, managing others and so on? Or are you a leader in an informal position who just has that sense of, I look out for my team? How do those professional relationships feel? What works well, what doesn't, what comes naturally, what's a little bit more forced? That's where you're going to think back to you. Who are you? Are there people that you get on really well with, that you work with on a personal level and you love spending time with them and you love working with them? And when one of you moves on to another company or retires or whatever, you will stay in touch. But there may be others who you work together and you work well with them and you achieve good stuff. But that's the end of it. And when one of you leaves or um, certainly when you get to kind of end of the working day, that's the end of it. You don't see them outside of work. You might even lose touch when one of you moves on to the next company or the next role or something. Where are you corporately working as a, as a team? So you lose a bit of your individual identity, but you represent your company or your organization. So it's a little bit more profound. So you cease to be you. I stop being Leighton and I start being the representative from that company or from that college or from that organization. Working with third parties, working with other agencies who are still people with a name on their name tag, but you just see them as that's that person from that place. And how good are you at doing that when you step out of your team into a less familiar place? Now, I've sat in multi-agency meetings uh, during my time working with young people, and there are other agencies being represented in the room. Sometimes the child is there, sometimes they're not, sometimes their parent is there, and sometimes they're not. And I might be representing the educator or the school or the something else. And in the room is someone who represents the NHS and they're covering the health or social services or the police or whichever other body needs to be covered in the room. So those entities are the team that are at play around that child working for the common goal of the, the well-being of that kid is the NHS, the police force, the social services, education, but made up of people. So there I am as an individual in that moment, in my own right, from my own team, entering this new, slightly manufactured team of other people. So maybe you work for the NHS. At what point will you have to work alongside another emergency service? Or at what point might you have to work alongside um, the family or some sort of you know private care company? All for the betterment of that client, that customer, that person at the middle of the equation. So I've been in those meetings and you all throw your job title into the mix, a collection of organizations, a collection of job titles, and ultimately a collection of people who are decent at doing their job, all coming together 
for the common goal of making that kid's life better. So let's have a little think, because you might have similar stories, whether it's individually, whether it's within your team or whether it's that kind of you know corporate team with third parties. Let's have a little think about what does teamwork look like? I'm going to stick a jingle in and just catch my breath. So what does good teamwork look like? Well, I had to think about this and I came up with some headings. And the first one that I came up with was, feels a bit like a basic one, to be honest, working well with others. Feels really basic. You can work with others in a positive manner. You can behave in the appropriate manner. Now, is this personal working together or professional working together? Is it an industry that's a little bit more kind of formal and stuffy? Or is it an industry where actually it pays to be a little bit more laid back? So what does appropriate look like in that setting? It doesn't always mean like super kind of buttoned up professional, but working appropriately with others is important. Um, you are organized. You are on time. You know what's expected of you. That They're all basic traits of working with others. So if you let things slip, then it impacts on others. It's not just you that's going to kind of get in trouble, so to speak, but it impacts on others. Um, so think about in a personal setting, if you don't show up for that sports match and you're part of a team, can the team even play? Do they have enough players? Is the game forfeited or do they have one uh, fewer on the substitute bench because you're missing, which means that the subs, maybe they don't have the right person to bring on. So you can see that you've left others um, in a bit of a gap. Think about it professionally. Um, so maybe you hate your job, you don't take it seriously, and you call in sick every Friday or every Monday, you like a long weekend, and eventually you'll get found out and eventually you'll get the sack. But in the meantime, it's your colleagues, it's your boss, it's the team who are picking up that slack, working harder because there's a gap that you've left. So, you th I mean, it's a basic thing, isn't it? You know, but being organized, right place, right time, knowing what's expected of you. If you sit in a meeting, and this can be even harder nowadays when we're having online Zoom and Teams and all the rest of it. But if you sit in a meeting and you never speak, did you really need to be there? Could you have just read the minutes? What was the point of being there? Are there things that you could actually bring to the table, but maybe you're too shy to speak up or you're intimidated by the other people in the meeting or there's a certain atmosphere that puts you off sticking your neck out? you're too junior, you're too young, it's not for you. Do you see what I mean? So it's important that a team makes you feel valued as well as what you can do. Uh, let's think about another example. So working in a team on a construction project, there are stages to that process from the very first kind of, you know, digging a bit of hole in the ground for the foundations to the very last kind of lick of paint or whatever is the final thing if the builder is slow building the foundations the whole thing is delayed if the decorator and the carpet fitter show up but the plasterer is still plastering the walls and they've not dried yet they can't do their job if the electrician who comes and does the first fit and puts the basic wiring in messes up and does that wrong or doesn't really care then the final fit of actually wiring in lights and sockets and so on is being built upon wobbly foundations <laughs> having to maybe undo someone else's work before you can do your work correctly so sometimes you're working directly with a team and sometimes you're following in the footsteps of someone else that kind of almost project management kind of stuff now whichever sector you're working in whether it's working in education there will be members of the team 
that mean that if they do your their job well, they make your job easier. If they don't do their job well, they make your job hard. The same in healthcare, the same in law, the same in any sector, really. So the better we are at doing our thing, the easier we make it for the team to function. And ultimately, the easier we make it for the life of that person that we work with. Think about the teams that you're part of as well. I think this is really important. How diverse are they? So in terms of um, gender, ethnicity, age, your culture, your background, your beliefs, your class, your heritage. Are you trying to learn from others to build empathy, to respect them? Um, and if you think about this, if your leisure time was spent literally with people who look like you and your professional working time was spent with people who look like you in every sense of that box. So they are all white men of the same age of you with the same beliefs and the same cultural upbringing. Are you the best version of yourself? Probably not because they will be working in a similar way and thinking in a similar way and coming from a similar angle. So what can you actually learn from others as well as gaining in that sense of teamwork as well, but really learning about people, making you a better version of yourself, making you a better person with more empathy and more respect. Okay, my second headline for what does teamwork look like contribution contributing to the group do you chip in with your ideas are you involved in the decision making maybe you're too junior are you involved in a formal capacity where you uh, have that bit of seniority a bit of authority and that kind of thing maybe you don't but maybe you've got the ear of someone who does make those decisions do you recognize the ideas of others and the importance of that and do you give them space to speak up? Do you encourage others to contribute as well? Um, maybe a bit of challenge for you there. If you are older and more established and people look to you, do you speak first or do you sometimes try and make sure there is space for others? And do you encourage others? And before you wrap up the meeting, anything else from anyone else before we move on? Do you see what I mean? Are there imbalances in your industry? We go back to that point of um, diversity and respect. So maybe, sadly, you're working in an industry that still has some slightly dated views and there isn't that equality and we're working towards it, but we're not quite there. So are you perhaps in a, a project or a meeting where a colleague might be overlooked because of their gender or their ethnicity or their class or their age? And if you've got the luxury where you're not overlooked, what can you do to make space and enable that person and encourage their contribution? Maybe they're just a little bit overwhelmed because they're the youngest person in the room by some margin and they've only been with the company for a week. But what do you do to make space to encourage them and bring their contribution? Um, another thing that's a bit more sophisticated, I suppose, two things, improving the team and influencing the team. So improving the team, that is not just the job of the leader or the manager. If we throw in a football analogy, it is not just the job of pep at Man City to make that team a better team. It's the job of every player. It's the job of the people off the pitch as well. So improvement can come from all aspects of that team, the most junior and the most senior. And it's not just it's not just doing your part well that will improve the team. It's wider than that. It's encouraging others. It's maybe holding others to account. You said you were going to do this. Have you, have you done it? It's knowing your role and without tiptoeing into their role is knowing their role and their responsibility as well so that you work really slickly together 
It's things like you don't create unnecessary conflict. Now, I have worked in places where there's just a love of that kind of gossip and uh, people like to know what everyone's up to and that kind of thing. And it can move from being just a little bit of chat into something that can be a bit more, a little bit more sinister and a little bit more uncomfortable. So don't be creating that conflict unnecessarily. There may be times when you need to bring constructive challenge, um, but try and play your part to smooth things over and you know just sometimes there might might be times where you need to challenge some of that kind of workplace behavior um do you reach out wider than your own team are you building relationships with other people in your company so bounce back to an education example are you only talking to other teachers and other teachers in your department or are you building really good relationships with the person on reception and the caretaker and the canteen staff and the librarian and the learning mentors and everything else so that not just that you can cash that in but so that you understand what everyone's up to and yeah when there is a point where you need to cash in that favor from the caretaker to get all the extra stuff into your assembly or whatever it's there because you've got a really positive working relationship and that caretaker is part of your team you care about the team around you that's going to improve things um, now you may not may not be best mates and this may be at work it may be in your leisure it might be personally but you're be aware that that doesn't just mean you are really caring and kind you'll never speak up and you'll be treated like a doormat but you do care about the well-being of the team and the people within it you still have that need to um, have that conviction to speak up if there's a, a misuse of power and challenge that or to speak out and challenge that bullying and maybe quietly report it to your manager or something like that that will improve the team because there will no longer be any workplace bullying and there'll be no longer be that sense of you know people misusing their power in that leisure setting that bit of um, hobby group that you've got where they're maybe doing the wrong thing and then finally thinking about influencing the team so may come with something where you're a bit more confident in yourself but that's what we're thinking about making you more you so that you're able to do these things you know what has been and you know what could be and you know what will likely be and you're able to suggest improvements and you know who to get on side to make those improvements that's how you're influencing the team so you may be a more junior member of the team but you've seen it all before or you've seen it with a competitor and so you are trying to influence upwards to say to your manager based on this this and this i think you should really be thinking about that and i'll be right behind you if that's the direction you're going and even if you're not in that leadership position you know the team you know other people's strengths you know other people's weaknesses and you know how you might be able to support them um, you're also best placed to know how to make use of them so think about maybe you're working in a customer facing kind of industry and there's an angry complaining customer are you best placed to deal with that shoutiness and to calm it down or are you going to get upset have you got a colleague who is better just to take that and soak it up and it doesn't affect them at all they're not bothered by that at all but equally you've got a customer who's really upset and is emotional and there's tears and there's sadness are you more comfortable in that moment than your colleague might be so knowing who can best deal with a situation is quite valuable because that comes down to our more kind of our personality and our character and the kind of it's not strengths but our kind of natural tendencies that come from that 
what about the team in general? So I'm not just thinking about um, you and I'm not just thinking about um, should I do this or should my mate do it, but kind of the corporate team, is it imbalanced? Is there a need for less of something and more of a certain something else? Um, are there successes that we've achieved as a team? Are there failures that we've achieved as a team? And what are we learning from that and building upon it? So I, if I were running a company and leading a team and everyone looked like me and they were all men and they all thought like me and they all solved problems like me, that's a weak team and I need to do something about that. There is a weakness. I need to bring in a different way of thinking. And that might come from a certain person who's not a white man. It might come from someone who just looks from a different perspective. I could equally find a non-white woman who thinks totally like I do. So that might not help. But that different personality, that different character and that different kind of where are we coming from as individuals that make this bigger team. And finally, do you bring something extra to the team from your just your life experience, from what you've seen and how life has made you who you are up to this day? Maybe through external expertise elsewhere earlier in your career or in the wider sector or with a competitor, maybe from expertise from your leisure time and your hobbies. And OK, so I help run this youth group out in the community and that that's developed a skill in me that I can bring into my workplace, which is nothing to do with children and, and young people. Do you see what I mean? What about those wider relationships from your both your personal and your professional life and where there may be some crossover? So in my professional setting, okay, I can have a chat with this person I know and that will help bring this project to life with a bit of insight. Or in my personal life, we're doing a fundraising. I'll chat to the rich people at work and get them to get on board and buy some raffle tickets. So there is a bit of a crossover in your personal network and that can all have an influence on the quality and the success of the team, can't it? So what? So what can we do about all of this? I'm not just going to tell you what a team looks like. I'm not going to tell you how a team might work because all of our situations are different. And in some ways, the most basic team is a family unit. Now, whether that's housemates or a family or your parents or whatever, um, there's that. And then there's your friends. That's a team. There's your hobbies, that's a team. There's your leisure time, that's a team, and so on. Then there's all your professional stuff with so many different teams. But it all starts with this. Who are you? What are you naturally good at? What's your natural character? What kind of person are you? Where do you naturally fit in that team? Where will you be most comfortable going, I'll sit in that seat because that's going to make best use of what I've got. And if you sit me over there, I might be uncomfortable, I might not do as well as I could, and I've got this talent that ain't getting used. Then think about others, not the whole team, just others. Who do you complement within that team? So it may be just one other person. Who's that? What kind of person do you just click with and get the best out of? Maybe not in that personal I like you sense, but we just work. Are you the brains and they're the brawn? Is one of you big picture and the other one's got that eye for detail? If we think back to that complaining customer, does one of you have more empathy and warmth and one of you is actually very thick skinned and can just take a step back and take it on the chin? Does that introvert and the extrovert work well together? Um, even the, the leader and their personal assistant, 
one will have that awareness of detail that will be right across the brief they'll know about everything and they'll know what might happen and the other one is permanently in the spotlight think about the prime minister and probably their number one personal aide that's probably a good example of that now think wider as a team a team with all its parts what strengths do you bring? What skills do you need to work on and develop further? What skills do you have, but you still need to develop further because that's a really key skill for this sector, the job that you're in. Where are your weaknesses? Where are your personal pitfalls? How do they stack up with the weaknesses of the team? So if you're a really bad communicator and your team at the minute looks like we're not very good at communicating, there's a massive problem. If you're personally a really good communicator and the team's really low on it you're really important and then finally I guess if um, the team is doing a great job of communicating it don't come as naturally to you it's a weakness of yours it's not as pressing but you probably still want to work on it but it's not as big a deal at that moment teams are bigger than you think so you do need to think about where do I fit who's directly working with me and who is indirectly working with me as well I just want to kind of dive into that a little bit deeper and we're going to think about a sports team because I think it's a really good example to look at. We're going to look at the glorious Sheffield Wednesday, the football team that I support, and we'll start with the owner. So there is one owner. He is the guy who's putting his money in. He's making very high level decisions. Uh, it's him who chooses who the next manager is going to be. It's him who's choosing the direction of ultimately the company of the club, maybe with some kind of hidden advisors speaking into their ear. And he'll have a support team, like an administrative um, team working with him as well as part of that. Then if we move away from him, we look at the team. We've got the manager. Most traditionally, um, that football manager is the really key main person, whether it's the Alex Ferguson or whatever. That person will have their coaching team, their physio team, the scouts looking out for new talent, the sports science people increasingly looking at nutrition and analysing the sports data and so on. Then we can move totally away. The support team, drivers, kit provider, whoever it is that washes the kit, the planning, the admin role, um, booking the travel for that away game, booking the accommodation for where the team are going to stay because it's the other end of the country or because we're overseas somewhere. The business team, nothing to do with football, managing money, financial decisions, managing the, the economics ultimately of a multi-million pound company maybe working with agents and making financial decisions, may not have an interest at all in football or that club. They just really like sales and, and they're an accountant and they're trained up, whatever. Let's get back onto the pitch. There's the captain, who's probably the most important player in the playing squad. Then the first team squad, different players will form part of uh, different parts of that, a goalkeeper or the defenders or the midfielders, the attackers, the more physical, the more flary, you know, you'll have little little pockets of players who are going to spend a lot of the time on the pitch working together. So your, yeah, no, your back four, your defenders or something, will do loads of training together and might well get on better than with the other players. The reserve squad, the academy players, the junior players, the under-10s, move away from the football. The media team, the creative people designing that new stuff, the fashion designers putting all the new stuff in the club shop. Let's get back to match day. People working in the club shop, selling stuff, selling tickets. Those running the hospitality in the boxes, looking after people who've spent quite a lot of money. Those just selling food and drink out the kiosks. The stewards, 
keeping the game safe, the police, uh, the people checking your ticket on the gate as you're coming in, the match day photographers, the media, the press, the entertainers working the family zone, doing little challenges for families and kids, the cleaner, well, probably more than one cleaner, but the cleaning team before the match, getting the ground ready. You don't want to sit down and it looks a state because it's like last Saturday's game and those who sweep in after the match. The logistics that make sure that the um, bar is stocked with food and drink so there's actually things for people to buy before the game. I could go on, but you get the point. There is a massive team and it isn't just those 11 players who kick the ball around and the manager and the owner. Many, many people. Now, if everyone's on top of their game, and I don't know what kind of team in the widest sense that you fall in, if everyone is at the top of their game, things will work, things will move forwards, and that club or your team will move in the right direction. So if you just stick with the football for a second, if there's no talent on the pitch, the club's not really going to go anywhere. But if there's an amazingly talented team of players, but the coaching staff are rubbish, the manager's tactics are a bit naff, um, the coach was missing because no one booked the coach, so the players have all had to drive themselves to the away match. You can see what I'm getting at. Things can fall down quickly. The club isn't making much money because tens of thousands of people want to buy some drinks and some food and there's nothing there to sell. Or, heaven forbid, it's unsafe because it's not well stewarded, stewarded. So we can't let the fans into the ground because we don't want to put people in an unsafe position you can see when people aren't at the top of their game it just doesn't work it's like a well-oiled machine any team so let's get back to you and think about some kind of final top tips it is teamwork but my first top tip is know yourself who are you where do you fit what's your natural tendency what's your character your personality how can you grow yourself and which is the priority uh, kind of skill that you're working on Number two, know who you work well with. Seek those people out, you know, both as part of a team or individually. Who do you um, get the best out of and gets the best out of you? Do you need to look for someone who's not like you? Um, And the final third top tip, teamwork does make the dream work. So by working as a team, we've cured what were once incurable diseases that were deadly diseases we've fixed them we've created incredible works of culture and music and art and so on often with very talented individuals but as part of teams we've walked on the moon and i think we lose sight of that because it was so long ago now and it's a thing for kind of last century in the 1960s and all that sort of stuff but we've literally done it through a heck of a lot of teamwork and people knowing where their strengths lie. No one person achieves these fabulous things in isolation. Neil Armstrong didn't just jump in a rocket that he built and whiz off to the moon, have a little mooch about. It is a team. So lean into each other, lean into others to get the best out of them and know who will get the best out of you as well. Final, final little practical thing as well that might help you. I've done this with some of the teams I've been part of and that I've led. Um, Whether it's a personal or whether it's a professional setting, maybe look online for some like personality tests, things like Myers-Briggs and so on, um, so that you can see what motivates you, who who you are, and then just share those results, have a little kind of team meeting or a chat, whatever, and you will find, hey, we're all the same. There's a massive gap. 
or wow, we're really diverse. Oh, oh, do you know what? I can see why you work the way you do. And it's not the way I would work, but I can totally see why you do that now. I know what motivates you. So there we go. Teamwork makes the dream work. Thank you, as always, my team, for listening and for your feedback. It's really appreciated. It feels like we're going in the right direction. Next week, I'm hoping to do something a little bit different. So I'm hoping that we'll have our first guest speaker, if all things go well. Uh, So fingers crossed for that. Um, And then we'll be moving into a slightly different chapter, a mini-series, which is much more looking at ourself. So still looking through that lens of careers, um, thinking about things like money management and life stages and work-life balance, obviously much more personal um, and more kind of inward looking, but still through that sense of careers. So hopefully next week, a guest speaker and leadership. Until then, I'll see you next time.